Chelsea back at it again with another episode of CNN, aka Chelsea News Network, season two. I know, it's been a minute. I have a lot going on. But, I'm back. Somewhere better than ever. Okay, let me not sit there and lie. I'm still going through it, y'all. So, let's talk about it. Where have I been the last three months? In shambles. <laughs> Mentally, emotionally, physically. It's been rough. I honestly don't know if I'm ever gonna be okay again. I don't know, sometimes life really just kicks your butt in ways that you didn't even think was possible. Really, life challenges you in ways that you didn't think you could be challenged. And ultimately, the question comes, am I strong enough to beat this? I think in a way, I'm still answering that question. Am I strong enough to beat this? And I know I have a whole lot of people telling me, yeah, you can. You're stronger than what you know. And you know, I've realized in giving people that information, it's easy to say that when you're not going through it. And don't get me wrong, I'm thankful and appreciative to everybody that gives me encouragement. It's just really hard to hear you're strong. You're stronger than you know. You got this when really deep down inside, it don't feel like you got it. Sometimes I don't know if I'm ever going to have it. But anyway, let's get into it. Um, so the beginning of the year wasn't easy. Uh, my dad got rushed to the hospital two weeks into the new year. And if anybody knows, um, my dad had a massive stroke back in 2019. And none of the doctors expected him to make it. Shoot, my family and I didn't really expect him to make it. It was, it was bad. And I remember having that conversation September 7th of 2019. It was a Saturday. I'll never forget it. I remember having that conversation with God in the bathroom. God, if you get my daddy through this, I promise I'll do whatever you want. And he got through it. But for the last two years, he's been on this journey of recovery and it's been so many ups and downs and ups and downs and then January of this year hit and it's been down ever since. Today we took him off the ventilator so I don't know how he'll be soon. And you know most of y'all know me you know that I'm a Christian and I want to keep this faith that God knows what he's doing and God has everything under control and he wouldn't put more on us than we can bear. But can I tell y'all in true human honesty, if I lost my dad today, I don't know if I could bear it. You see, I've always had this idea of myself that I'm this strong individual and that I can get through anything, you know. I try to put on this strong face for my line sisters and for my family and for my friends that I got this. I'm Chelsea. If I can handle what I went through in 2019 and 2020, I can handle this. 
I've said it so much that I got myself believing that lie. You know, that's the hardest part for us humans that always have to be the strong ones, the mentally emo and emotionally and physically responsible ones for themselves. The hardest part is admitting when we need help. The hardest part is admitting when we can't handle it by ourselves. The hardest part is admitting, God, I don't know if I can handle this. And I really don't know if I can handle it, but I'm trying. Anyway, since the second week of January, my dad has been in the hospital. And it's been hard not knowing if I'm going to get that phone call in the middle of the night that my dad is gone. It's rough. But luckily, I, I, I have the support of, you know, my blue and white family. Shout out to y'all. I have the support of my family, my friends. I have a great support system. And so, you know, I, I, I try to encourage myself and I try to say, okay, your dad's, your dad's sick right now, but okay, you got it. You got it. Everything's going to be okay. God God never puts more on us than we can bear. And that was that was my, my encouragement to myself every morning from the second week of January of this year all the way up until, I'll say, maybe the middle of March. That was my encouragement. God's never going to put more on us than we can bear. And, you know, I, I believe that. I believe that. And I read my scripture and I, I started going to my therapy sessions again. And I, I started going to anger management again. And I said, okay, God, we got this. We got this. Everything's going to be okay. And then April 3rd of this year, we, um, my uncle, my aunt, my cousins, my mother and my sister and I took my grandmother to Bowling Green because next Saturday, April the 10th, was her birthday. And I remember her telling my cousin, I want to go to my home one more time. Bowling Green, Kentucky, that was her home. It was pretty much my home because I spent every summer there since I was a little kid. She said, I want to go home one more time. And we thought, you know, it's because she was sick. She knew she was sick that she wouldn't be able to travel anymore because of her age. So we got down there and it was it was good seeing my family. I hadn't seen my family in almost three years. I was excited to be home. Because, you know, Indy's my home, but Bowling Green, that's, that's where my heart is. That's where my family is. That's where love is. So it was good to, to be surrounded by that. To not worry about what was going on with my dad. To not worry about what was going on with school. And we're going to get into that in a minute. To not worry about just financial stuff that I had going on. It was good to be surrounded by people that loved me. Not that I didn't have that here in Indy, but to have my family, that was great. And you know, we were we were on our way back home. We made one last stop to go see my cousin. Let me backtrack. No, actually, I'll say that. We made one last stop to go see my cousin. And when he went to say hi to my granny, something, something went right. So my cousin went to the other side of the car and she she lifted my granny's hand and it just went limp. So we knew something was wrong. Next thing I know, my uncle's running back to the car and he said, Mama's not breathing. We got to get to the hospital. So on the whole ride to the hospital, I'm just like, God, 
I need you. I don't know what's going on, but I need you right now. I got too much going on in my life, too much sickness, too much loss. I can't handle this. And I just kept remembering that scripture in my head. I will never put more on you than I can bear. It is funny. God always comes to you in these signs before something happens. I remember earlier that week before we went down to Bowling I just had friends and, you know, professors and, you know, faculty that I looked up to. They kept coming to me because they knew my situation with my dad. They knew what was going on with me, you know, mentally as far as my, me going through depression. And they kept saying to me, you are so much stronger than you know. You are so much stronger than you realize. And I was just like, why do y'all keep telling me that? What you, thank you for the compliment, but why do y'all keep telling me that? And as I sat in that car on the way to the hospital with my grandmother, I just kept replaying those instances in my head that you are so much stronger than you realize. You are so much stronger than you know. And I kept hearing that scripture in my head. God will never put more on you than you can bear. And when we got to the hospital, they, they put my grandmother on the gurney and they took her to the back. And, you know, me and my family were, were freaking out. We're praying. We're like, God, come on now. We know that she's sick, but God, you can't take her from us right now. She's the matriarch of this family. She's what holds everything together. You can't do that. And for anybody that knows me knows that I hate hospitals. I hate hospitals. I've, I've hated hospitals since my Uncle Doug died back when I was a freshman in high school. I've hated hospitals. I don't like hospitals. I hated going to, when my dad first got sick, I hated going to the hospital every day. I, I don't trust doctors. Anybody can tell you that I don't trust them. Um, <laughs> and I remember um, as I held my little cousin in my arms, I remember I kept watching the footsteps under the door in the waiting in the closed off waiting room they had for family. I kept watching the footsteps go under the door as my mother was praying, as my cousin was crying, as my aunt was crying. I kept watching the footsteps go under the door and finally I saw two pair of feet stop outside of the door. And I remember hearing the hushed tones before they opened the door and I said, That's not that's not okay. And I remember, um, I remember the doctor opening the door. He said, is this the family of Theresa Hampton? And I remember saying, Doc, don't tell me what you are about to tell me. Cause I already, mm, I already knew what was gonna happen, what he was gonna say. And I remember kept saying, Doc, don't tell me what you're gonna tell me. Please don't tell me what you're gonna tell me. And yet he still said, I'm so sorry. We did everything we could for Miss Hampton. And I remember hearing my mother scream and I had never heard her in so much pain before in my life. You know, I've seen my mother cry over my uncle passing away in 2019. I saw her cry over my other uncle being killed last year. I, I've seen her cry numerous times over my dad, but but that one, that one hit different. 
I had never seen my mother and my uncle and my aunt heartbroken the way they were. And for me, I've lost people that are close to me, but my granny, <laughs> my granny was somebody different. I remember when I was younger spending almost every day with her. <laughs> you know, it's funny as I as I as I grow up, my grandmother and my mother and my father really became my best friends. Uh, prior to my dad and my grandmother getting sick. You know, I was never one to hang around people my age. It wasn't until I got to college that I started doing that. I was always around older people. And I was always around my grandmother and my mother and my father. And you know, my granny was, my granny was great. You know, she didn't, she didn't always do everything right. You know, sometimes some of the things she said was hurtful, but my granny was such a great woman. You know, my granny was my heart. Um, so that day was tough. I remember calling my um, my best friend and my big brother and I was in tears. I couldn't even form sentences at that point. Because um, it was just like, how? This wasn't what this was supposed to be. This wasn't what this trip was supposed to be. This trip was supposed to be us enjoying each other, celebrating my grandmother, celebrating her life. And then that's when what she had said a week earlier hit me. She said, I wanna go home one last time. And we had all thought one last time was because she knew she was sick and couldn't travel anymore. She said, I wanna go home one last time on this earth so I can go home with the Lord eternally. And you know, as, as much as that hurts to say out loud, I know my granny isn't suffering anymore. One thing I've always said, even in regards to my father, is that to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ, which means suffering doesn't exist. Pain doesn't exist. Heartache doesn't exist anymore. And so, as much as it hurt having to come back home, that drive home, and she wasn't in the car that was behind us, somehow, some way, I was at peace. I was at peace because I knew I was going to see her again one day. I was at peace because that morning when we um, had all met at my aunt's house, some told me, go get out the car and say hi to your granny. I wasn't going to do it at first because y'all, it was cold that morning. <laughs> it was cold. And I said, I'm not getting up at this car. But something said, go get out the car and say hi to your granny. And I did that. I went over to, to the side window of my cousin's car and I said, hey, old lady. And was the only, I was the only person that could ever call her that. But I said, what's up, old lady? And as best as she could, she looked up at me. She looked up at me and she smiled. I got to see my granny smile one last time. And that was, that was all I needed to feel at peace. That was the image I got to leave in my head of my granny. 
And you know, I, I thank God for that every day. Because I didn't, I didn't, my last image of her wasn't of her suffering. It wasn't of her in pain. My last image of my grandmother was of her smiling at me. And I'm going to hold that for the rest of my life. Um, so yeah, after we came back home, I, I let all my professors know what had happened. I let, you know, my line sisters know what happened. I let the rest of my blue and white family know what had happened. I let, you know, my other friends know what had happened. And, you know, they would ask me all the time, are you okay? Do you need anything? And because I have always grown up to be emotionally and mentally independent, I said, nah, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm hurting right now, but I'm going to be okay. You know, it's funny. My pledge dad is probably going to laugh when he hears this. I feel like my pledge dad is probably the only one that can see through my BS half the day on time. <laughs> he can see when I'm, when I'm lying. <laughs> and I remember, um, he may not remember the phone call, but he, uh, he called me a couple of days after she had passed. And he said, I know you're not okay, even though you're going to tell me you are. But know that I'm here and I love you. I don't say it often, but I'm so thankful for that family that I have in blue and white. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the mean one. I'm the one that cracks jokes and I troll on people. But I love each and every one of you. We may not always agree. We may not always get along. But y'all really, over this last year, have become my family. So thank you for that. Um, but anyway, the love I got was overwhelming. Um, and I really did appreciate it. And as much as I would tell people I'm fine, I'm good, everything's going to be okay. Slowly on the inside, I felt myself deteriorating. I felt my mental health going down. I stopped going to therapy. I stopped going to anger management. I... At that point, I had even stopped going to church. I said, God, don't listen. At this point, I, you know, I was angry. I was angry at myself for not spending more time with my granny because I always had to work or always had some school function to go to. And, you know, I called and I visited when I could, but I could have made more of an effort. So I was angry at myself for that. I was, I was angry about the situation with my father. I found out my godmother was sick. I was angry about that. School wasn't going the way that I wanted to. I was upset and I was mad. And it wasn't until I stopped going to church, it wasn't until I stopped reading my daily scripture that I realized that the person that I was angry with was God. And you know, sometimes as Christians, we, we don't want to say that I'm angry at God because we don't want to feel like we're a bad Christian. But hey, if that makes me a bad Christian for admitting my human faults, then I will do that. I was pissed off at God. I said, God, don't listen to me. God don't care about me because if God cared about me, my uncle wouldn't have died. And God wouldn't have let that monster kill my other uncle. God wouldn't have let my daddy be sick for this long and let the doctors tell me and my mother, he's not going to see you walk across the stage. God wouldn't have let my granny die. God wouldn't have let my godmother got sick. God wouldn't let me feel like I wanted to kill myself. God don't care about me. So if he don't care about me, then I don't care about him. So I stopped going to church. 
Stop reading the Bible. Didn't even want to see a Bible in my room. Put the Bible in my desk. Didn't want to see it. Anytime somebody gave me a scripture on Snapchat, I would say thank you. I appreciate it. But I didn't want to hear none of that. I don't want to hear about having no faith in God. I don't want to hear that. Because God, God, don't, God don't listen to me. God don't listen to when I pray. So what am I doing? I'm wasting breath. I was angry. I was upset. Um, for the longest time, I, I started to even wonder if there even was a God. Because if there was, my family was not perfect. I'll be the first one to admit that my family is not perfect. I'm not perfect. But if there is a God out there, why is he allowing this to happen to my family? My family is good people. We make mistakes. We fall. We falter. But at the end of the day, we're still good people with good hearts. So why are you allowing this? And if anything, why are you letting this happen to my mother? Now, anybody that knows Felicia who has seen her on Snapchat singing praise and worship songs knows Felicia is a praying, powerful woman. Knows that Felicia is a prayer warrior. She will sing her song. She will do her dance when her legs allow it. <laughs> she gonna kill me for saying that. But my mother was always the first one to put her trust and her faith in God. And I couldn't understand for the life of me. Bump me, bump my sister, bump my brothers and the rest of my family. Why are you doing this to my mother? And then... I remember I was in my, my dorm room before I moved out of my apartment. I was in my dorm room one night and I was um, I was listening to my music on shuffle play and I don't know why the heck I decided to do this because it would go from <laughs> it would go from like throat baby to freaking Kirk Franklin and I said, okay, that's a switch up. <laughs> but then it started constantly playing these worship songs back and back. And I started really mad at, at first. I, at first, I was like, "Skip this! I don't want to hear this." But I started listening to the songs back and back. And there was one that came up. I'm not gonna sing it. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing it. But it was a, um, a song by Indiana Bible College, and it said, "Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know I got it all in control." I will do a work for you only I can do. Even in your proudest moments, I will see you through. Be still. Be still and know I am God. And the more I heard it, the more I heard it, the more I remember the scriptures that people were giving me. Romans 8 and 18 for I reckon that the glory shall be revealed in us. I'm paraphrasing right now. But I remember somebody giving me Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things that Christ who strengthens me. I remember Psalms 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. I started remembering all of that. I started remembering the encouraging words people would give me. You are stronger than you think. You got this. You can make it. I started remembering all of that. And I said, okay, God. I'm sorry for not believing. I'm sorry for not trusting that there is a plan that you have for me. And I remember breaking down in my room because I started thinking about my dad and I started thinking about my uncles. I started thinking about my mother and my grandmother and my godmother. I started thinking about all the, the stuff I was going through in school. I started thinking about how I was just breaking down interiorly. I don't even know if that's a word. And thinking that, thinking of that song that came up next on my playlist was actually by Mary Mary. 
I just can't give up now. And that song started ministering to me. It was just like, you can't give up now. You've come too far. Y'all, this was not even supposed to be like a, a preaching thing. But y'all, if anybody knew my story, I've come too far. Suicide attempts, being sexually assaulted. I've come too far. Being racially profiled, I've come too far. Being put on suicide watch, I've come too far. Being hospitalized for mental breakdowns, I've come too far. I've come too far from where I've started. And the song goes on to say, for those who don't know it, nobody told me that this road would be easy. Nobody said life was going to be easy. Life is hard. Life will kick you down, wait for you to get back up just to kick you down again. But getting the wind knocked out of you reminds your lungs how much they love the taste of air. So you'll keep fighting to get up just because you love how much the taste of air feels in your lungs. So nobody told me that this road was going to be easy, but I don't believe that God brought me this far to leave me. Because if he did, because if he wanted to leave me, he would have left me in that bathroom stall when I tried to kill myself in eighth grade. If he wanted to leave me, he would have left me a long time ago, but he didn't. And so after that day, I, uh, I picked myself up and I said, okay, we're going to fight this. I don't know. It's not going to be easy. It's, it's not going to be quick. But we're going to fight this. Because you have a story to tell. Somebody is going to be encouraged by your miracle. Somebody's going to be encouraged by your, by your breakthrough. So I said, you got to get up. Some days you're not going to want to get out of bed and that's okay. Some days you're not going to want to go to class. Now that's not okay. Because we're still struggling. <laughs> Academically, we're struggling. So that's not okay. But you're going to pick yourself up and you're going to do it. Some days you're not going to want to talk to nobody and that's okay. We have to be okay. And, you know, here's a side note. We have to be okay with not speaking to each other every day. We have to be okay with that because we never know what our friends are going through. So sometimes we are just not going, I'm not going to want to speak. And, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful that I have a support system that understands that. But anyway, I remember telling myself, okay, today's not a good day, but tomorrow's going to be better. So we're going to try again tomorrow. Today was a good day. Let's count that as a win. Okay, so today was a little bad. Why was it bad? What can we change about it? Okay, so you saw that that person was not good for your environment. What do we do about it? We take them out of the equation. We cut them off. Okay, so maybe it was something you did. Did you ever start to think about that? I had to start talking to myself sometimes. I had to start telling myself, okay, look, Chelsea, what you did, that was messy. That was not cute. Figure it out and let's try it again. But I also had to be okay with letting certain relationships go. Anybody that knows me knows that I've, I've talked about this before. I'm very codependent. On relationships and that's something now that I'm you know thankfully God thank the Lord I'm going back to therapy that's one thing that I've learned about myself is I'm codependent on relationships so it can be no matter how bad a person will treat me I will accept it because I don't want to lose that relationship because I know what it's like to be alone if you've listened to my previous 
podcast, you know that um, I have an older brother and an older sister, a younger sister. Um, my brother's like 12 years older than me. My sister's two years younger than me. A year and eight months, let me correct myself, just in case Lisha decides she wants to listen. But either way, my brother had his friends and I obviously was too young to hang with them. And my sister had her friends and I was too old to hang with them. So I didn't really have nobody. So I know what it was like to be alone. And so when I was able to attach myself with people that were my age, no matter how bad the situation was, I didn't want to leave. Because it was like, I need them. I need people. Is that what our lady said? I need people. And so it just came to a point that, okay, yeah, this was hurtful. Yeah, they said that. Yeah, she did that. That was extremely messy. That dang near broke my heart. But I need my friend. Who, who do I go to lunch with? Who do I hang out with? Do I just sit in my dorm by myself? What do I do if I don't have this person in my life anymore? And it wasn't until I started breaking down emotionally and breaking down mentally that I just got to the point where it was just like, it's either you or her or him. <laughs> it was, it's been plenty of people, not just one person. But it's either you or them. Who do you choose? I chose myself. And so a lot of times now you'll see, now we're getting to, now we're getting to the lighthearted parts of it. <laughs> a lot of times now you'll see, if you're close to me, you know this about me, that if you are not positive to my life, if you're not bringing good energy and good vibes, baby, step on to the left. All the way. What, what do you have to say? To the left, to the left. Yeah, you got to get on out of here. Because now, now I choose me. I choose happiness. I choose success. I choose love. I choose self-love. That's the most important thing that I've learned this year about myself. I choose self-love. Because if I don't love myself, as cliche as it sounds, if I don't love myself, everything that I do in this life is voided. It means nothing. Because I don't have a passion behind it. I don't care that much. Because I don't care about my well-being. You know what I'm saying? So I choose self-love. I choose positivity. I choose a non-toxic environment. And I can say all of this with a smile on my face. Yeah, we're done. We done crying, hopefully. But I can say all of this with a smile on my face. And since that night that I, I had that moment with God, I received not just one job, a fully furnished apartment to go with the job, I've received an internship. I got three of the best, amazing, wonderful Neos that this world could ever give. I love each and every one of you, Aaron, Hilda, and Jada. I have an amazing support system now. After weeding out some of the bad ones, I have an amazing support system. You know, my sister is doing great in school. These blessings that happen to other people are blessings for me because they're in my circle. You know what I'm saying? I'm president of the Black Student Union, president of the National Panhellenic Council. You know, I'm secretary of my chapter now. I'm doing good. And yes, life is going to knock me down a few more times. Because that's what life does. <laughs> Why did I tell y'all earlier? Nobody said this road was going to be easy. Life is tough. But guess what? Guess what I've learned? So am I. If I can go through everything I did from September 7th of 2019 all the way up until what's today's day? June 1st of 2021. 
Oh, I'm doing something amazing. I'm doing something great. I'm doing something worthwhile. I'm making it so that the next person who hears this can too. I'm going to be okay. I may, there may be some days where I say I'm not okay. And that's okay. We need to normalize and be okay with not always being okay. So, with all that being said, I want to say thank you to each and every person that has supported this podcast, that has loved on me, that has loved the things that are happening for me, that has seen me and embraced me at my worst and celebrated me at my best. Thank you. Thank you for always being there for me, even when I didn't want to be there for myself. Thank you. Thank you for holding me accountable for not being there for myself. Thank you for that. I love you for that. And I appreciate you. So this episode was not supposed to get as emotional as it did. But, you know, stuff happens. You know, moods change. But thank you. Take care of yourselves. Choose self-love. So stay safe. Stay happy. Stay healthy. And as always, my loves, that is how